Shortly after we moved to Naperville, many years ago now, I was at the Hinsdale Hospital meeting with a family early in a morning as they were preparing for their daughter to undergo a very delicate and long surgery. I could feel their anxiety, it was palpable. Hands were clenched and we took hands to pray. When we were done, we looked up and on the wall, had been there all along, but we noticed it, I think, simultaneously, was a picture, a large portrait, if you will, of Jesus in the operating room with his hand upon the surgeon. We had a bit of an intake of breath, and then we exhaled and remembered the truth of God's healing presence and how God would be present, Jesus healing hands at work. Throughout the years, I have been in emergency rooms watching deftly but quickly moving hands of physicians and nurses restoring life saving lives, bringing people into the beginning of healing. Just a month or so ago, I was in just such a situation with our daughter. And I found myself remembering that portrait as everyone moved quickly and those hands were at work. I remembered the gift of Christ's presence and that this would be the beginning of healing. You know, our hands, such as they are, take out your hand a moment and look at your hand. I mean it, look at it. Humble hands, large, small, straight, gnarled, what a gift they are. And we do often take them for granted. And I tell you what, when they're not working so well, we notice. We do notice wonderful gifts from God. <clears throat> well, my fascination with hands actually began many years before these experiences of ministry. At the beginning of ministry, when I was also an expected mother, and my father-in-law um, gave me that green uh, relief, clay relief of hands as a maternal symbol, I'm sure, but also as the sign of God's reaching out to each and every one of us it would remain in my mind as I went through the rest of that exciting time. And I would never forget it, as so often babies cling to your hands and you extend your hands. You use them so often with little children. So over the years, I have this collection 
of hands. They do remind me of our Heavenly Father, perhaps of that beautiful picture in the Sistine Chapel, God reaching out to Adam from the very beginning. Since then, I don't take my hands for granted, and my hands have now become like the hands of my mother and my grandmother. Gnarled, I have to work at them a little bit more, but I'm grateful for the ways I can continue to use them. When I think of hands, our hands, God's hands, creative hands, do we not imagine God's creative power, God's gracious provision, and also God's invitation to each of us to serve, to praise, to employ our hands in Jesus' name. There are nearly 500 references to hands in Scripture. It's almost as much as that little word, fear. I think it's important that we know that Scripture holds for us a story of God's beginning and will carry us all the way through. And so if we look at Scripture from the beginning, we see that God, in all God's creative wisdom, made us tactile creatures. I'm a visual person as well. It helps me grasp something. Sometimes I need something to hold on to. And God put us in this world that is very much a world of touch. We are people who depend on the importance of touch. Well, this morning I want you to think about this tremendous gift from God. We began in Genesis, and from our scripture, we learn that humans have hands that go to work. We learn that hands are movable, they have dexterity, they reach out, and that they can work for good or for evil. They can work for knowledge and understanding, or they can work for self-importance, or what feels like their own um, desires. So we learn right away. We learn about hands as blessing. We think of Isaac and Jacob. We think of blessing and anointing. We think of Samuel and King David. And if you go to Exodus, one of my favorite images of all scripture is the picture of Moses, the image of Moses holding in his hand the staff that parted the Red Sea and allowed God to deliver from the hands of the Egyptians, the chosen people. Hold that staff high, Moses. I say that a lot when I'm flying. Keep it up. I want to get to the other side. So as we look at Scripture beginning at the beginning, we see kind of an evolution of this important image and tool in our lives. We learn about the hand of God, 
what it means to be held in God's hand, and we learn about being delivered into the hands of those who might be against us. We learn about using everything that we are to praise God. We think about the Psalms in particular are full of descriptions of God's creative, powerful, forming, guiding, upholding, sustaining hands in such a way that it covers every emotion. And today we looked at Psalm 90, um, this idea of prosper the work of our hands, God. Make sure that you're at work in and through what we're doing. And I love that word prosper. And it means so much more than just prosperity. It means so much more than wealth. It means well-being in every aspect of our lives. It means God is manifesting in and through us, offering us favor and grace. In the Hebrew, it means to advance, to progress, to succeed, to have a vision. And then if you go to the Greek, it literally means, and this is wonderful, it means to offer help on the road. When I was 10, I went to see a movie that left a, another impactful imprint in my life, the story of Heaven, Helen Keller. Anyone remember that? 1962, I'm dating myself, the miracle worker. And in that movie, we learn about Helen Keller learning to communicate for the first time. How does she communicate? How does she learn? What does she use? Her hands. It was so impactful in my life at, at that time of my life. I've always been interested in Helen Keller, always, and have read quite a bit about her and loved her quotes. Here's my favorite quote, and this should be our marching papers every day from her book, Light in My Darkness. There is no better way to thank God for your sight than by giving a helping hand to someone in the dark. No better way to thank God than by offering that hand. Think about the times that someone has offered you their hand and carried you and sustained you in perhaps an especially dark time. Hebrews would remind us we need each other. We need to persevere. We need to turn yet again to Christ, crucified, dead, and buried, risen Lord, whose healing hands have changed our lives. As you get to the Gospels, you encounter the healing hands of Jesus time and again. All throughout where he touches people, heals them, blesses the children, prays for them. How powerful is that? 
I turn to that again and again, imagining in some of my most difficult times that Christ is putting his hand on my shoulder, laying his hand on my loved one and bringing an opportunity for new life. We think of his hands on the cross. Do we not think in John, the Gospel of John, when Thomas said, unless I stick my hand, my fingers in the very wounds of his hands, I will doubt. Well, we thank doubting Thomas, for in the end is conviction of faith. Do you know that at the end of life, when you cannot communicate, I am sure you have experienced this. You can always communicate because you can take someone's hand. One of their last forms, a person's last form of communication is touch. Oh, the Lord our God, in all good wisdom, made us a tactile people in a world filled with touch and communication. So when we get to Hebrews in our scriptures this morning, we hear about the hands of the living God, living God. No statue, no God, dead and buried. No, the living, risen God for each and all. We think of Christ's sacrifice, and we hear the words of the Hebrew author saying, hold fast, hold fast to the truth you have been given. Cling to that. That's what you cling to. Persevere. Encourage one another. Take the hand of another. Let us not persist with sin, but let us endure in such a way that we remember the truth of the Christ whose hands gave us new life and lasting life. Hold that confidence, the author of Hebrews says. I don't know about you, but I do know about me and so many people I talk to. They're not feeling confident. How are you feeling this morning? Did you read the newspaper this morning with coffee? Did you listen to the news? Something devastating happened in your neighborhood? We live in a world of 24-7 without any buffer. If ever there was a time that we needed encouragement, that we needed to hold on to the truth that is ours in Jesus Christ, it is now. And surely, surely there have been other times as well. Now I want you to humor me a minute and put your hands out. Now I want you to hold them and clench them. I want to thank the good liturgist for the good liturgy this morning and and the mission project 
you know, helping hands, hands make light work, but hold tight. This is what happens to us. We just clench and tighten up and the anxiety overcomes us. And this actually can become a weapon, these clenched hands. Now open them and feel the difference, the release. It allows you to receive and welcome, to praise and offer. It helps us to ask to whom, not to what, shall we cling? I have a wonderful mentor in my life who shares a story that came from her father, who was also a pastor. When she went to bed at night and was fearful, when she awoke in the morning uncertain about the day ahead, he said, open your hand and extend it. And imagine that into your hand goes the hand of Jesus, who will walk with you all day long. And when you say your prayers at night, he will watch over you all night long. There was a wonderful song that was written many years ago now. You'll recognize it. Take my hand, precious Lord. Perhaps in this uncertain time of many divisions and many strong feelings and great uncertainty and tremendous need for the church to be alive and at work and present, we might begin our day. Take my hand, precious Lord, and just hold it out. And imagine Christ has put his hand in yours, and it will help you do what you think you are not equal to. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm and through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.